What's up, people? It's the Business of Everyday podcast with Ajo Abinoma. Keep listening. Keep listening. It is day 35 of our purpose journey and today we are talking about our weaknesses and what God can do with that. This week, we've been focusing on one of God's purposes for us. I mean, for creating us, which is that we were shaped for serving him. So all that we have, our spiritual gifts, the things we are passionate about, our natural abilities, personality, our experiences, and even our weaknesses, I believe. We have all of that to be able to serve God's purposes for us. So we are talking about God's power in our weakness. When we think of the limitations in our lives, we may be tempted to conclude God could never use us. But God is never limited by our limitations. In fact, he enjoys putting his great power into ordinary containers. And I'm a perfect example. So hi, guys. I'm glad you joined today because God has something special for you in this season. My guest today is Dr. Patrick Lebenet-Adonu, and I'm so honored to have him finally join me on this podcast. So thank you and welcome. Thank you very much, my good friend, and uh, God bless you for the very amazing job you're doing, you know, for, um, for all people, for young and the old. I think that this is really great and must be commented right so um i just want you to just introduce yourself to us and then we'll take it from there thank you thank you very much um maybe i should take the opportunity to greet all your listeners and appreciate them for uh, taking the time out to listen to some of these very insightful podcasts quite sincerely everybody who will want to listen definitely should be on a journey wanting to find the best that God had placed for their lives in themselves. Mm. And so if you are listening, I really want to uh, appreciate you. Um, my name is Patrick, Patrick Lebene, Dr. Patrick Adonu Lebene. I hold a PhD in global governance and political theories. I have my master's in public administration. I did those seven years in China and uh, I have my bachelor degree from Ghana in real estate development and land economy. I am the Penta International Coordinator. I guess I'm very privileged to be. I am uh, an elder in the Church of Pentecost. So I think basically this will be me. Well, I'm married to a very cool young lady by the name of Dr. Shina Adonu. Awesome. Yeah, we have a very wonderful young boy called Kobe Patrick Adonu. Yeah, pretty much this is Amazing. Thank you so much once again for taking time to be on this podcast. My pleasure. So, uh, shall we get started now? Yep, sure. Okay. Let's go. So, what would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, sometime around 2006, thereabouts, I visited my pastor. You know, I grew up in Koforidia. Okay. I lived all my life there until I left for the university. And mm-hmm. so I had a, I had a pastor... My district was newly created. Those of you who are not in the church of Pentecost, district is uh, part of the administrative structures of the church. And so we had a district. There was a new district. There was this very fine gentleman they sent there. 
The gentleman's name was Pastor Pabna A.J. Danso. I know that he's on retirement now. Mm. And I just loved the guy, you know. I don't particularly remember any message he preached, but there is one thing that everybody remembers with him. He is always smiling. For whatever reason, he's always laughing. So when we're doing the wrong things as young people, then he'll be laughing. Whatever it is, he'll just laugh. So one day I went to him. I think I was going to go on a mission, uh, Pentecost Young Missionaries. Mm. So when I went to his office, which was in his house, we were having some discussions and I asked him a question. I said, Daddy, what do you think is the greatest challenge or the biggest problem of my generation? And he said something that I consider the greatest advice that I would never forget. In fact, I've received billions of advices and I keep receiving, but this one just stuck with me. And that one was, he said, the biggest problem that young people today face is a problem of consistency, consistency. I didn't understand them, but I knew that it had created an impression on my mind. It's taken me quite a while, maybe about nine, ten years, and I'm still trying to unfold that advice that I was given. So for me, the greatest advice I've received so far is that if a young person in this our generation will understand the power of consistency, mm. they are going to be on top of their game. And that's it for me. Wow. From where you're coming from and up to this point, I'm sure that is something, a factor that always kept pushing you to get to this level. Absolutely. That's awesome. And wherever he is, God bless him for the seed that he's sown in you, that we are all reaping. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. So let me ask you, what would be the most courageous thing you would say you'd ever done? Hmm. Um, well, I think I've done some pretty, uh, adventurous things, you know, um, in my introduction, I said that I spent seven years of my life in China and uh, as a young Christian brother in China, very passionate about the gospel. I think some of my most courageous things I did was to, when I went to China, by the grace of God, the Lord gave me a vision to mobilize young people, you know, from different nations because uh, I was a student and it was very international. I was an international student. So my group of friends were people from everywhere. Some from the States, some from uh, Europe, some from Africa, others from everywhere. So the idea was to bring them together and to utilize culture, cultural differences in music and other displays to bring people together. Mm. So we formed this team, very vibrant. It grew a lot. And one day we organized a concert. Mm. 1,200 Chinese people were going to come for that gospel cultural concert. Okay. And the government, you know, we had held it twice earlier. That was once every year. So two years before we had held it mm. consistently. And I think it was getting attention by the government. We will hold a concert. People who will give their lives to Christ will put them into small groups and will start different Bible studies in different homes, different home cells. But this was really working I mean, it was non-denominational. It wasn't about being a minister or something. We just loved to do something for God. Mm. But the third one, we got a lot of sponsorship. You know, everything was running. And one day, uh, the team who rents PA systems, so the, the instruments and the speakers and all those things for us, we right. we normally hide behind them to do our ministry. Mm. One day, the owner of the company called me and the guy told me to, leave my campus and off my phone because the officials were looking for me. Mm. He told me that it is because he had to let them know 
that we are in charge or Eldo closest company. Okay. And uh, there was a religious something. And of course, you know that uh, religious things are not are not allowed and permitted in China, especially Christian. Yeah. Uh, that afternoon, I felt two things. I gave a call to a friend to tell my mom that, okay, just in case the worst happened. And this was quite serious, quite, quite sincere. Wow. Just in case the worst happens, this is a choice. Mm. I was not coerced into this. Uh, and I don't regret this decision. Mm. I chose to do this. And she shouldn't be so worried about it. It seems quite funny now, but it was no joke at all. Mm. First of all, the concept of cancelled. I mean, if you go to a place like China or nations like that, you understand that if the authority is looking for you, it's a big deal, especially if you have to do with religion. Mm. So on one half, I felt, okay, well, this is the most courageous thing I've done in my life. Um, we've been able to mobilize 1,200 people. This was about maybe five years ago or mm. yeah, or four years ago, you know, and, and we've been able to create Bible study groups and this thing is so important that the government now see us as a threat and he has to look for us. And yeah. It was big for me. It, it was courageous. And at the same time, I feel that that was the most foolish thing I'd ever done. <laughs> <laughs> you know? On one hand, I thought, wow, because you see, and that's it. Many people who knew God and loved God they had been accustomed to the system so that if you wanted to take an initiative of faith, mm. they called you foolish. Right. They said, you are so immature. This is just youthful exuberance. You shouldn't do this. You know, we've been in this country doing ministry for years and you just came and you shouldn't do this. And so on one side, it made me feel very courageous. By the way, we crazily changed the venue and still had the concert. So wow. the concert was canceled a day before the day, a day before the D-Day. Okay. And we called every single person that had registered because you had to register to say I'll come. Okay. So everybody who registered to say they would come for the concert, we called them one after the other. I had a whole team seated in a room calling everybody, telling them that we've changed the venue from this place, it's going to that place. I mean, that was one big deal of courage for me. Wow. At the same time, knowing that I had to off my phone because people were looking for me and they mm. were anything else. So yeah, I... I thank God that I had the opportunity to put my faith to the test around that time. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, um, yeah I, I miss other things. That's, that's one of the most <laughs> very good things I think that. I have this friend, he's called Dr. Solomon. Uh, he also had quite a similar experience. He also studied in China. And when he talks about his experience also there and the things that people are willing to do at a point, I mean, they were a group that were organizing Bible studies, church service for the students there. But then at a point, he was left alone, the only man standing. Everyone was like, I didn't come here to preach. So if it's at a point where I'm going to be expelled and sent back home, I mean, this is a lot of money that my people have put into this. So we are choosing, you are on your own. And he stayed with the decision because he knew what God has told him. When he recounts that incident, you could see like the hand of God moving around. So let me ask you this. Do you think that sometimes God gets us out of our comfort zone to push us into purpose? Because I don't know all the things that you did in China, if like given the same circumstances you would have done in Ghana. Well, so the China Diaries, we definitely have to get another podcast and talk about <laughs> that. There are a lot. And uh, it forms one of my most cherished memories okay. uh, you know, in my life. And I thank God for them. I think that you couldn't have been farther from the truth by saying that 
you know, in God's structure and in his plan free, you will understand that a person leaving his comfort zone is mm. consistently part of God's design for a person to reach purpose. By the way, let me make this very wonderful statement. When I prayed about purpose a lot some time back, now the Lord told me that the purpose of creation is the creation of purpose. Mm. Maybe you I think see. about it. And I'm yeah. I want to say <laughs> the real purpose of creation was that God would create something called purpose in the creator and in the creative things. So whenever God created a thing, just by virtue of creation, he was creating purpose. So for the purpose of creation is the creation of purpose. When God creates a bird, his intent is to create the purpose that the bird will fit. Mm. So the purpose of creation is the creation of purpose. I'll explain this maybe some other time. But yeah. my point, getting back to the question. Now, when you study everybody that God used, everybody who has a tale with God, every story that has God in there, because this is not necessarily a motivational speech or something, we could dwell more in scripture. But even yeah. if you get a little bit farther from scripture and you come to people who have succeeded in life, you will realize that a person living their comfort zone is a necessary part of the attainment of purpose. Because you see, the human potential system is seated in every single baby, seated every single ability and potential. But the set of challenges that, or you may call it weaknesses, that a person is exposed to now develops that portion of the person's life. For instance, when you go to the gym and you are always lifting metals, eh? yeah. definitely your biceps are going to you know, build up. Build up You're yeah. going to build up your chest. But you'll see that simply because you are not training your legs, the top part of your body will be built and your legs will not fit in. Mm. Or the other way around, if you go to the gym, and you are always lifting weight and you don't run, your heart wouldn't have picked up the momentum of sustaining this huge body. Very mm. soon, your heart will be affected. Right. What does that mean? It means that whichever part of your body you exercise, that part will grow. Mm. And that is the same with life. I believe that we are all fused up with all potential. When the Bible said in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, he said that for his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, godliness in the knowledge of him. It meant that, look, what we are doing, everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given to us. Right. But how is it that I could speak and my wife can't speak? We are all exposed to various challenges and opportunities. And because the challenges and opportunities grind certain aspects of our being, those aspects grow. Hmm. Hence, in all studies, whether it was Abraham or it was Noah or Moses or Joshua or Jesus himself, hmm. you realize that they have to be taken from their comfort zone. Yeah. Then the truth tells and the purpose that God has placed in the creation of them comes out. That's absolutely beautiful. And I mean, sometimes people are like, okay, I'm going to get this before I now try to find out what I can use this for. But we don't do that. You have a need before you get something that will solve that need. And that was exactly the same thing. God made us not because he was not coming to make us and okay now what is this boy going to do on this earth no because he had a need for us to fulfill that was why he made us differently in our own i mean uniqueness so um let me ask you this question we are talking about weaknesses today 
And right. it's all part of this purpose journey that we are on. So talking right. about weaknesses, I mean, you're also a technocrat. You went to KNUSD and yeah. I don't recall my time there, like seeing you or something. Perhaps at that time, I wasn't so <laughs> engaged <laughs> in PENSA activities. I always say that on campus, I took basketball World Cup. So <laughs> oh, oh. uh, you'd see me on the court more often. But then it changed when I got to the higher levels. So I didn't really get to see you in action and all of that. But then, I mean, for the few years that I've seen you in action in terms of you leading the Pensa International agenda and also new ministering here and there, moving for missions and all that. I mean, have you always been this confident and exceptional person on fire for God in all that you do right from the beginning? What is your story of becoming, I mean, everyone has a story, but what is yours becoming who you are right now? And in that story, do you have any weaknesses or has there been some particular weakness that you've had to deal with in becoming who you are right now and how you did it? So really, this is like <laughs> a three or four in one question. Yeah, so. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I was going to ask, which years were you in KNUSD? Okay, from, so from 2010 to 2014. Uh, 2010 to 2014. Yeah. Okay, I should have been there. I think I was on campus from 27 to 2011. And okay. between, yeah, in between 2010 and 2011. 11. So there was a very huge hype around 29 through to 2011 because mm -hmm. I became a student leader. And this is part of answering the question. Right. So how's my journey and have I always been uh, boisterous and confident and on top of my game? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, and how has weaknesses in the entire story, you know, made me uh, what I'm growing into becoming? I come from a broken home. Okay. And that's the beginning of the weaknesses I faced in my life. I don't think that weaknesses are only things that a person exudes. It's also the circumstances that comes around them. Weaknesses are the things that chance upon you and want to present themselves as hindrances, you know, for you in reaching out to your goals. For me, when I was around second year in Pope John's Secondary School, uh, that oh, is you my went to Pope John's. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> my dad left us, you know, that's another story. So I grew up or around those very formative, very important formative stages of my life, my dad wasn't there. And things were tough. Hmm. Absolutely tough. I mean, I come from a family of six boys, one girl. I'm the mm -hmm. fifth of the six. Um, my mom was a cocoa purchasing clerk. She just bought cocoa from farmers. Uh, before then, she used to roast plantain and uh, corn, you know, in Popjong. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, so you can imagine. And when my dad left, we had to leave the house in which we lived. My mom got a garage. You know, when you go to Koforidia, Efijuase, there is only one traffic light. The road that leads you to Ghana's, Ghana okay. Secondary School. Okay. On the right hand, there is, on the very, the first house on the right hand is an old bungalow. And the garage of that bungalow, the person who lived in that garage at that time used to keep goats there. So it was a goat pen. Mm. And my mom crazily still thought that we could live there. So she took mm. this good pen. Right behind the good pen was a club. It's called Obey, Obey Sports. And the urinal of the sport was directly opposite or the entrance of the garage would face the urinal, mm. you know. And there wasn't a proper urinal. So 
there is always an overflow of their waste and it's passing right in front of the garage. And that's why I had to stay to do my secondary school stuff, you know. And I was just so, so, I was growing up a very sad guy because I was raised in the church and I did, you know, up until this time, I'd never seen any woman. I had never taken any alcohol, even now, never taken any alcohol. And I had relatively, in my view, been a very good boy. Yeah. I mean, I did all the, uh, and I say this in all humility, I'm just mm-hmm. telling myself. Right. I did all the children's quiz at church. I was into music. If it is church, you definitely find me there. So I could not marry. And those of you who lived in Accra, for me, Accra was like abroad or something. Accra wasn't part of our deal. Accra mm. is absolutely different from us and we would not want to come to Accra. The mm. first time I came to Accra, I came for a um, trade fair, you know, so it was a big deal. And I couldn't marry the God who I had self-righteously served so perfectly mm. with the conditions I was going through in life. Until all through this, I went to the university, you know. So this challenge, this hindrance that was part of my own weaknesses mm. led me to school. And when I went to school, the first year, there was this guy who was reading petrochemical engineering from okay. my church. Okay. And so this guy told us that, look, he knew me. So he said, you, the kind of person you are, I think you should try to be a class rep so that you will not have to buy handouts. You know, if you're a class rep, when the lecturers come, they would give you the handout yeah, to, to do the copy. <laughs> well, some of the guys said that the guy's name is Daniel Akoku. Mm. He was coming to perch me. Okay. He was coming to perch my bed. Okay. So we gave you that advice. The next morning, Monday morning, we went to class. My teacher was called Miss Sewa. She was our class teacher, Land Economy One. Okay. And she said, Who wants to be the class? Then I lifted up my hand. And then everybody was so surprised. <laughs> all these preset boys and all these gay girls and all these people. It's like, who is this boy who just wants position? <laughs> I knew the only way I would be able to exist on that campus was not to buy, because I couldn't buy handouts. Now, so when I became class rep, the Lord granted me grace. I led my class. I became a very respected leader. I was actually going from one call to the other, preaching. And some way, somehow, the Lord granted me grace, and the people came to respect me a lot, a lot. Right. So much so that, so it's from this weakness of hoping to get money, I mean, at least hoping to not buy handouts, that I became a classroom. From a classroom, I had people in my class who were telling me that, look, we think you can be the SLC president. Go for the SLC presidency and we will pay. It became Mm -hmm. a whole department thing and I had to contest. Now, I contested for the SLC presidency. It was the first time somebody from London Economy was doing this and I ended up winning and losing. It became a big deal and from there, I came to NUCS at the national level mm. and I became the NUCS general secretary. I moved there to become the NUCS national president mm. for the whole nation. It was through that that I went to China. It was through China okay. that a lot of other things happened. At least I met my wife and many other good things. But okay. how did it start? It started because I had a challenge. And mm. from that challenge, wanting to take an initiative that will, because trust me, but for the fact that I needed handouts, I would have never, never wanted anything to do with you know become a leader and all that mm. so um in this my story you know rising up through the ranks and doing things at various levels i see that maybe the whole tough period and the whole financial problem that my family faced was my ladder to rise it was what challenged me 
right. to take one initiative after the other. Right. And uh, from there, a lot of great things have happened. Mm. So do you think that if you probably had come out of, I mean, a much more stable home, like you were comfortable, you had all the basic things that you needed, do you think that you still be on this path? I want to think that as for the path of loving God, mm. maybe, maybe, because my dad was a very strict man. Okay. But the path of seeing God and trusting him the more, I mm. may not have had the opportunity to, to do it. Mm. One thing for sure, but for the fact that I needed support and that led me from one leadership position to the other, if I had everything I needed, mm. I'm very sure I wouldn't have gone into anything leadership because mm. I would have loved it. My nature is such that I would rather want to be quiet somewhere and not get myself too involved in, you know, in all these things. Yeah. And so I am very confident, really, really confident that, and I know that the things that I have gone through is really part of what shaped my life. You know, when I went to China mm. and I, I was done with my master's degree, I got two scholarships, one to Australia, Australia National University in Canberra and one in China. It was interesting how my past, I mean, I think God spoke through my past and the challenges and the weaknesses. And when Australia looked all the better in all forms, by mm. all means, than China, I still chose to you stay chose in China. China. And I believe it's one of the best decisions I ever made. Wow. Amazing. I mean, if you can see my, I have some goosebumps all over me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had you a lot know? of time to give you details of these things that I've talked about. I think you may have enjoyed it, but but we can go another time. We can <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's such a powerful story that you are sharing with us now. And this is leading me to the next thing I want to ask you. Like, oftentimes when we consider weaknesses, they are not something that we can boast of. No, it's something that we, we want to hide. We want to run away from. We want to shield that part of us. We do not want to be associated with that. So anytime someone brings something that we are not proud of mm. to us, the very thing that comes out of us is defense. Mm. And we get so angry. And at the end of everything, we crawl back into ourselves. Like, mm. I mean, this is something I do not, I do not want to be associated with. So why are you making fun of me based on that? Something I didn't choose to have. Something mm. that, I mean, I may not have the power to even change it. So from all that you are saying, we realize that weaknesses... I mean, God is not surprised when these things are with us. He knows them. And if he allowed them to be with us, then he definitely has a purpose for that. So with all that has been said, what do you think should be a response to our weaknesses? All right. Thank you very much. I want to emphasize that, I mean, and this is a discussion that, I mean, your guests establish their line of thoughts and, and their truth of their confidence on issues. Mm. I don't fully think that weaknesses, unlike the muscles of the Christian race things, I don't mm. think that weaknesses are all brought by God. Right. I see that there are a series of orchestrations mm. that God can allow. Right. Okay. Right. On a person so that he will navigate the person through those weaknesses or challenges mm. and gets the person's attention on him, God, in order for the person to be able to reach their, their purpose in life. Right. On the other hand, I've also seen 
many or oftentimes where what people call weaknesses are as a result of decisions they are taking mm. in life. And the result of the decisions have become something that haunts them. And so it has become a weakness. Right. For instance, when I was growing up, one of the things I was very, very insecure about was my height. Mm. And I think that that's also very important we talk about. One of the deep-seated, and I'm talking about the things that God can bring your way, or things that you absolutely don't have any control over, like your height, you know, like my parents and the kind of childhood I had. Right. You couldn't change it. These are orchestrations. Somebody is very insecure because they even consider their weakness to be their size. You know, they feel they are too big, especially the girls. Some think that they have a flat nose, so they have a particular kind of place. And they have this and they have that and they have that and it doesn't help. And they have convinced themselves that this is my weakness. They call it their weakness. Mm. They call it their weakness. Now, I have a different wavelength of thinking about it. Okay. You know, when I was growing up, I have big eyeballs. Right. Now, apart from my height, my big eyes was part of my insecurities. Because kids can be very mean. And when I was, <laughs> when I was growing up, my friends will say, or maybe my teacher will insult me and say that your eyes like a frog. I don't even know how big the, the eyes of frogs are, but you know, people will insult and they say, your eye like the frog. And they kept saying it. So I grew up being very insecure about my eye. And thinking that my eye is not nice, I wanted to maybe reduce the way it's big a little, make it a little smaller and make it normal. You know, make it normal as everybody's. You know what? When I met my wife, one of the things that she laughed so much about me was my big eyes. Exactly. like. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that as part of the many things she could see, because I cannot lose my big eyes. I may lose my academics. I may lose my social status. I may lose whatever it is. But my eye is my eye. And the eye is what somebody loved. And today, thank God, my wife is one of the best things that have ever happened to me. Awesome. And so you see that what I called weakness was really what somebody was looking for in even making a decision to stay with me. Mm. And so let's be very careful what we call weaknesses. Before we even start thinking about how should we handle them, let's be careful what we call weaknesses. There are challenges in our lives. There are things, and there are two forms. There are one set of things that come our way. So I talk about my physical self, the thing that I could call a weakness, like my eye. Maybe if I should think about any other weakness I had, I get very discouraged easily. When I say this, some of my friends don't believe it. Oh, yeah. You know, so the, my friends come and say, Charlie, I'm the most discouraged person on that. I could be so discouraged so easily. But thank God, it is really because you see, you don't have to coil in and tell yourself who you are until you are discouraged. If you're okay, move right. it, you are going. But if you're a person like myself who always have to regroup and tell yourself, this is who you are and this is where you are going, you will see that sooner than later, you get fueled much faster. You seem to climb much stronger with much buoyancy. Why? Because I get discouraged much easily. The systems around me, I mean, we're going to talk about Pensa International. Look, <laughs> but then with all those big names and the, the rates at, at which you can make mistakes are so high. I'm an elder yeah. who wears beard and he has his own issues. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's another issue for another day. It's another issue for another day. <laughs> I, I think I want to live a different life and not be boxed in. And I want to be myself. And it has a different meaning. It has a different connotation. And all these things will hit back at you. 
And so when I bring all my childhood, there are a lot of times I go to the States and where I have to do ministrations and I look at these guys and I look at myself and I'm like, ah, so I'm still short or I'm still not as tall as I want to be. And I have a reason to go in and redefine myself and come back up and beat what is ahead of me. So much so that the Lord has saved grace on me to do even more. So in these two ways of seeing what you call weakness, first of all, evaluate and re-evaluate what you call weakness. It could be one, something that you couldn't do anything about it. Sweetheart, I can assure you, if it's a thing that you cannot do anything about it, you'll be surprised how that thing is working together for your good. I thank God, you know, we have a son. And I say this very humbly. I mean, the Lord is helping us, myself, my wife. And so we may have the opportunity to take our son to maybe a very good school and all that. But I told my wife, and I thank God she's understood, I don't want to take my son to, to all those big and all those overpolished schools. No, I really, and I had to talk her into this a lot. I really want an opportunity for my son to have a kind of life that he had to fight for his own things. If I am blessed, I tell my wife that it is I and her who are blessed. My children will not be bad. If I'm rich, I am rich. He's not rich. He has to go and He has to get he it. He has to go and find his own life. He has to go and find his own purpose. He has to go and find his own money. He has to, I'm a doctor. My wife is a doctor. My son is not a doctor. If he wants to be a doctor, he has to grind a meal like we did. And I would love that some way, somehow, my son would have to go through his own kind of life. I don't want him to go hungry and sleep hungry like I may have done, but I don't want him to think that life is everything on the planet. It's all rosy. Yeah. Do you understand? So my point is that if what you call weakness are things that you cannot control, trust me, in there somewhere, as you keep pushing, in there somewhere, it's your story. And that is what is going to make you stand out. Now, the other side of what we call weaknesses are things that we have got on ourselves. A person says, my weakness is girls. I cannot take my eyes off of those <laughs> creatures, you know. And if you dig down deep, you'll see that most of the time it's because of one experience. The experience could be a video you had watched. It could be an activity you had participated in. It could be a set of friends you have you have chosen to have. It could be something that you have participated in. If that is what you call a weakness, or somebody will say, my weakness is that I don't speak good English. Look, it's a choice. So my whole impression and understanding about weaknesses is a, a little different. And my point is that reassess what is the weakness. If it's something you cannot control, most definitely there's something in there that God has hidden in there to make you better. If it is something you have brought upon yourself, you still have an advantage and an opportunity to look at that thing called weakness and see yourself rising through it and becoming better through it. Let me tell you another very nasty part of my story. Hmm. Um, I was a very, very self-righteous guy. I was a person who had gone through the mail. I was a prayer secretary in tech. You know, you know how they would treat prayer puppets. I was a guy. I grew up in the Elder Miracle prayer camp in Koforidia. Okay. I told you I never drank alcohol before, never had any sexual relations with any girl. I try as much as I can not to lie. And so I was living this life of a very self-righteous kind of person. Look, you like this, you know, you were wearing, I don't know how you call what you're wearing, your hats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. But I would, have judged, I would have judged you right away. I would have... 
Yeah. You know, I would not wear t-shirts, I would not wear jeans, I would not wear sneakers because I thought it was all worldly until I went to China. Mm. And because there is no Google there, if I wanted to access Google to do my research, I had to use a VPN, a free VPN. And a free VPN normally had adverts of uh, half-naked girls and all that. Right. And I'm talking right. to you about a Pentecost decade then. I was on fire on top of my game. But gradually, I'm not going to that, but gradually, gradually, I got hooked up into watching these pictures, pornography. Be surprised. Oh, the Penza International Coordinator said, yeah, it's really like that. Yes, I did. <laughs> and I want to share it, actually. I want to share it. And I was caught up in this. Look, I will pray and pray and pray for about two weeks. It will not happen to me again. But, you know, after I leave myself, I become careless a little bit. It will come again. And it just tore my life apart. I felt so dirty. I would go to church, still pray, still preach, still lead people. I was a leader then still, but I had this little weakness, challenge, and it ate me down. Maybe that's your weakness as you are listening to me. That Maybe that's your problem. Maybe yours is pornography. Maybe yours is alcohol. Maybe yours is something. One day, by the grace of God, I mean, through a series of prayers, I had a dream and, and all that. But I know for sure there was a point in time that I took a decision. And the decision was that, look, if I choose not to watch this thing, my feelings cannot kill me. It's not as though how I feel can come out and stab me. My feelings is not another human being that can come here and slap me. No. All that I lose is a pleasure. Now I choose to deny that pleasure. And it did not happen just that day that I said that it happened. No. The urges kept coming. But just understand it. For me, it came out like a revelation. It's like, my feelings can't even kill me. It's not as though my feelings can kill me. Hence, I would choose to go and, and thank God. I share this as a testimony because it was a weakness brought on me by myself. And it would take me to overcome that so that me and my story can be an inspiration for you. Whether it is pornography, whether it is gossip, it is greed, jealousy, whatever you call your weakness can fall in two areas. One, and it could be something that had come your way that you had no control over, like my life, like my family, like where I came from, like my eyes. But as I told you, my life brought me thus far. My eyes gave me my wife. Right. Or it could be something that you yourself have participated in. It's something you took part in. You went for that party. You went for that. You clicked that video. You watched it. You clicked it. You took that first glass. You took that sip. And so if you can measure what that thing cannot do to you, if you choose not to do it again, at least you have that first step that will lead you gradually into becoming free. And what is important about weaknesses is that the weakness gives you a story. And it gives you a voice and a message to give to another person who is having that same. That's right. That's absolutely amazing. So uh, from all that you've said, one thing I'm also getting is that, I mean, you look at some people and the very things that we considered weaknesses are the very things that, I mean, people are appreciating right now. Like the very things that you're like, oh, okay, my voice is very bad, like, I can't sing, I can't do this. But, I mean, there's this lady who posts this kind of Sadie. She's called Sadie Robertson. I don't know if you've heard of her. She was, like, growing up, everything that people always told her was that she had a very unpleasant voice. But right now, 
she had so much people listening to the same thing that people discouraged her that it was the worst thing about her. I could help you with another example. There is this guy from Ghana. Okay. His name is in Aisoba. <laughs> right. In Aisoba doesn't play gigs in Ghana anymore. Mm. Because, you know what? We have even had too many good voices. When a not good voice comes, everybody wants to listen. Wow, my friend. So what you call weakness, if only you could reassess it and re-look at it, that side of life, that side of the painting, the world has seen the always available kind of painting. We've had people who have different right. voices, nice voices and all that. We are yet to see somebody who still doesn't have a voice and has been able to bring out something nice. And that's what we want. Right. Reassess and re, you know, re-measure what you call weakness. Re-measure it. They will fall in two places. Eh? It's either it's a circumstance you cannot do anything about. And if it's a soul, I can assure you, in there, there is a gold nugget left in there for you. And if it's something you can do something about, which means that some way, somehow, you have participated in it coming onto you, it is best for you to reassess it and ride on it to get a testimony, right. to get a story, to motivate right. others. That's right. So if, let me use that word, if our weakness is something that we are not proud of, something that makes us draw back, most times, those things make us stay humble, if I should use that word. And those things make us feel like, no, I cannot do it. And so because I cannot do it, I would need help. I'm going to rely on someone who is able to help. And so if my weakness is something that makes me stick with God, because he's the only one, like looking at me, looking at what I have, looking at what I'm dealing with, it is only God who can help me break through life, having that with me. Will God move or remove that from us? Knowing that this is the same thing that is keeping us close to him. Will God take away certain things we call weaknesses? If we know truly in our hearts that this thing is what is connecting us to God because we cannot do it. All right. So that's a very powerful, you know, uh, question. In that for us, it's a discomfort. And so for loving God who loves us, who wouldn't want us to be in discomfort. Our thinking is that issue. That loving God should have taken the discomfort away. But your question is that if that is what brings us close to God, will God take it away? Right. Um, you know, if you ask me again, what is my biggest weakness in life? And I say this humbly. I say this very humbly. What I'm going to say can easily miscommunicate them. Right. So please... You and your listeners, please grant me some grace. And grace. <laughs> but I think that my line of thoughts about weaknesses and all this is that maybe I'm gradually growing into a place where, for instance, it is not everything that I may like about myself or mm. even people may like about me. But I'm gradually growing to a place where I don't necessarily want to see or call a weakness. Because just like you said, look, the best of what a weakness can bring to a man is that it will cause him to know how, if there's such a word, like, you see, almighty is a word. If I want to negate it, I don't know what to say. Well, in almighty, <laughs> and almighty, whatever you call it, how insufficient we are, you know, how we are not really in charge of life. Now, look, my friend, if something can make us see this as we rise, that thing is a blessing. It's a mm. blessing. Life is such that as you progress in life and things happen, a good life can so much corrupt a person. And I'm not talking about you 
taking bribes or whatever, it can corrupt your state of thinking that you are all sufficient. Mm. Look at Nebuchadnezzar. You know, he was just doing what every king might do today. He said, look at what my hands have made. I mean, don't we all say that always? You, you are recording, you are doing this wonderful podcast. One day you said, wow, well, I mean, we've been able to do quite a, I mean, our, our beloved church, recount, we sit down to recount, look at what, the, look at what has happened over these years. Right. Because we love as a people to recount and see that, wow, look, at least the Lord has been faithful. And right. when that guy was recounting what his hands had made, a weakness that is supposed to let him know that, look, this is not your doing. Because for me, I mean, now, Pensa International, by the grace of God, had led the church into 11 new nations. Young people. Wow. Broken grounds into 11 new nations in three years with COVID. Amazing. With COVID-19. Amazing. Okay? And when we started Pensa International, there were only six nations with pencils. Now, there are 69 nations with pencils. But if you ask me about it, I definitely cannot take the glory. I cannot because I know things that are with me that cannot allow me to claim that I was mine. And so when I look back and I see that there are weaknesses or there are things that let me know my place in this whole big picture of what God is doing, I wouldn't call that thing a weakness there. I may call it a blessing. Mm. I may call it a blessing. It helps me to really properly, sincerely identify and know my place. It helps me. Right. It helps me. And rather than answering your question, will God take it away or not? I will ask myself, will any mature person want God to take it away? Will they want God to take it away? That thing that would always bring us to the place of knowing that we are not almighty and we are not all powerful. Now, I want to read a scripture. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 12, verse 19. He says that. So it was Paul reporting to God about some of these things that we are talking about. Maybe I should start from the verse 8. And so he says, Paul was talking about a particular tongue that was in his flesh. I definitely can consider that to be a weakness. Now, Mm. listen to this. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. And I, I find that the word three times interesting. So this is Paul. Now, if I right. just suppose this to the life of Jesus, the only time that Jesus shows any kind of human weakness, quote-unquote, was the time he was going to be crucified. Right. And just like Paul, the only time they prayed concerning one thing for three times was about the weakness. Mm. Jesus, who had been brought on earth to come and die for our sins, his purpose, he knew why he was here. His purpose was to come and die. He knew he was coming to die. The eve to his death. He goes to pray to God three times. In each time he goes to pray, he prays one prayer topic for one hour. He says, Lord, can you take away this cup from my head? Please. Then he will add that, oh, well, it's not my will. But my will. <laughs> then he will go and check. The reason why I know each prayer lasted for an hour is that he will go and check with the disciples and he will tell them that, could you not wait with me for an hour? He Agreed. did that for three times. Yeah. And he was praying the same prayer for three times. Right. Jesus prayed three times concerning a thing called his weakness. And Paul is saying the same thing in Corinthians. Three times. Meanwhile, these people, they prayed for everything one time. Lazarus, Christ. That's right. Thank you, Lord, for this bread and this fish. Multiply it for them one time. 
everything one time. Talita, kumi, one time is out. But for a weakness, he prays three times. And look at God's response. Just as God gave to Jesus, he gives the same thing to Paul. He said, I pray to God, verse 9. But he said, each time he, referring to God, he said, each time he, God, in other words, God told me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Wow. The power of God was only made perfect because Jesus accepted his weakness, which was to die on the cross. It was a weakness for a God who had created man to be killed by the man. It was a weakness. It is a weakness for a God who had created man and given life to that man. God looks as his own creature and his creature kills him. It was a weakness to divinity that humanity can kill him. But God has framed his nature in such a way that there is something called the power of God. The power of God is where things are done beyond the ability of man. When we say the power of God is at work, it means that, you see, when you are eating, it is not the power of God at work. If we serve you food and you are picking the food and putting it in your mouth to eat it, you cannot go to church and give a testimony that, oh, they served me food. I was able to eat it. Ah, is that not the power of God? That's my testimony. (laughs) But if you are blind and the doctors have done everything, or let's say you are dead, a person who is dead, confirmed dead, clinically confirmed dead. And now somebody just speaks a word, rise, and the person wakes up from the dead. That is the power of God. It is the showing of something beyond the ability of man. So God is saying that, now, the only time I can do things beyond the ability of man, which means power, is inside the weakness of man. Because if not, man will not allow me to do it. Right. They have to come to a place where their ability is unable. And it is there that my power is made perfect. Look, if we want to see God's power made perfect in our lives, when we see weakness, we should see an opportunity for God's power to be made perfect. Because the Bible says that, Paul says, every time I prayed about God told me, my grace is sufficient. My grace will handle it. The reason why you have a weakness is that I intend showing my power in you. I must have a place in your life that I must show my power. Mm. But the only time I would have that opening is when there is a little weakness. Jesus, mm. I decide to die on the cross. In that weakness, the power of God called salvation so that we can be called sons of God. We can boast that I am a son. You know what that means. I am a son of God. I am a son of God. I have the inheritance of Abraham. I can call on the heavens to do things. It means that there must be weaknesses somewhere in that divine, divine orchestration so that in there, the power of God can manifest and it pours like the same. So God will give you the grace to sustain whatever it is. Right. If you allow God, he will show his power in that witness. That's right. I mean, just a quick one. You realize that Paul prayed about that weakness and God responded to that prayer and told him that my grace is sufficient. How about someone going through something, someone carrying something, praying about it and not hearing my grace is sufficient for you. Do you still stay and, I mean, embrace that kind of um, weakness, even though God hasn't said my grace is sufficient for you? If his grace is not sufficient for you and he has not said it, it means you cannot carry, like, I mean, 
you cannot carry it. So how do we approach this instance also? Excellent. So first of all, the Logos, the written word of God, is written for all of us. When you read the book of Romans, the Bible says that the people who, for whom the Bible was written about, they were just examples. They were really, really not what was intended. It's like when you go to school and the teacher is working out math. He just does some examples for you to see. The real exam is not an mm-hmm. example. The example is just a miniature. And so all these things we read about, all these guys, they were just examples for us. So that message, my grace is sufficient for you. And in your weakness, my power is made perfect in your weakness. That was not only written to Paul, but for us as well. That aside, if there is any weakness God had not told you his power is perfect over, you want to really, really access that, that weakness. <laughs> you know, and like I said, it all really will end through this platform. I think you should help people to really redefine that word weakness. Hmm. If not, very soon, somebody will call Jesus his weakness. You'll be surprised. Somebody will call the church their weakness. Somebody will call praying their weakness. Because we are a dispensation that sees weakness as anything that doesn't make me feel comfortable. Right. And so if prayer doesn't make me feel comfortable, it's my weakness. That's right. If fasting doesn't make me feel comfortable, it's my weakness. And it takes away the responsibility that is placed on man as a, a stakeholder in his own destiny. Life is not left to God alone. If God wills it to happen, no. Man is part of the state. When we go to the board of directors for your life, God is part, but you are part as well. Right. You know. So my point is that to start with, that scripture is for all of us. However, if there's for a reason, you still think that that particular weakness you are going through, God has not spoken to you that his grace is misafficient, then really re-evaluate that weakness. Because it could be that it is something you may have contributed in its coming, and two, you have accepted it. Because if it is not that you may have contributed in its coming, and you have not accepted that this is my weakness for life, then I can assure you, no matter what it is. In fact, let me say this on your platform as well, you can take the word of God on its face value. Every word of God in scripture can be for you. It's your choice. It's your choice. So you don't have to hear God speaking to you in your ears that my grace is Once you have read it in scripture, that's it. That's it. And if you are listening to me on this podcast, it means that God is using this podcast to tell you that his grace is actually sufficient for you and his power is made perfect. The only place his power is made perfect it's in your witness. Amazing. It is for you. It wasn't for Paul alone. It is for you as well. God wants a place to show his perfection. God's power was made perfect in my poverty. God's power was made perfect in the lack of me having a dad. I mean, my dad wasn't around. That witness was the availability for God's power to be made perfect. And so, sweetheart, listening to me, look, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, is for you whatever the challenge whatever the weakness whether it is lies whether it is your body part or it's your by the way uh, my good friend Trishla, what are some of the weaknesses that people may have uh, <laughs> i think one major thing is height. height and it has to do with our physique so look i did not write an exam and i failed so i got i would have loved to be the tallest guy in the world <laughs> But that was not giving me, or I, I didn't even have a say in it. I didn't choose it. You didn't choose your act. Of course, if you are overeating and you are not taking good care of yourself, okay, and you are putting on weight that you don't want, you have to do something about it. 
don't sit there and keep eating and telling me that his grace is made sufficient in my in my weight and, and, and his power is made perfect in my size. No, work on it. That's why I told you one is something you cannot change your height, your eyes, your color, the shape of your nose, your mouth, and all. You right. can't change it. And I'm telling you that in that weakness, his power is made perfect. You will see God's power in your life. You'll see that you have something that came through because of what you have. Right. However, if what you call weakness is something that you participate in or you are part of the reasons why it is there, for instance, you lie, lust, um, fornication. So, so oh, when I see the girls, eh, I'm weak. No. <laughs> if you don't call that girl, you will not die. You will not die. If you don't drink it, if you don't take that drug, if you don't smoke, you will feel uncomfortable, but it will not kill you. There's nobody on earth who did not smoke, and because they did not smoke, they have died. No. Okay. Let's decipher the two and be very clear. And when we do that, we'll look back and we'll say, ah, I thank God my father was not a rich man. It's the okay. best treasure I've ever had in life. I thank God my mother did not give me everything on a silver platter. It is the best experience of what has happened to me in life. I thank God. Oh, and I, and I thank God that I had big eyes. Why <laughs> They are nice, actually. Thank they you. are very nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So finally, before we go, do you agree to what is said that God usually attaches a weakness to a major strength? I'll be careful to agree okay. because um, I don't necessarily think that, you know, God intends us anything bad. Mm. Uh-huh. And I don't also think that God's best card is that he will bring us weaknesses so that we are kept in check. Now, mm. when Paul talks about his weakness, now, you will understand that Paul has a history. He was Saul. He doesn't mention that weakness. But in his life, we never see that he was a humanizer or, or anything like that. So my point is that it is even possible that that weakness could be the guilt that he was going through with all the murder and all these things he has done about people of the faith. It's possible. Right. You understand? Uh-huh. I hear other theologians say that Paul was a hunchback. You know? right. So he had this physical challenge. I also heard that he was he was, it was a shock. Good. It was... Yeah. Theologians believe that it was that hunchback that, I mean, gave him a challenge with his height. I'm being careful in the answer so that we take off that notion that I have this problem with God brought it to me just so that he will make me love him. Look at a person like Daniel. What about them? Uh, men kept good shape. They, everything was right. right. So to answer the question, I'll say that it is possible that a person can have his own weaknesses or challenges. It has to do with a body or, or something like that. It could simply be the effect of indiligence on, on the part of parents. It could be an issue right. of genes. These things, I'll be careful to blame it all on God. We are black mm. people. Mm? <laughs> Our geographical location will keep making us black. However, I don't doubt the fact that in all the things, whatever comes to us as weaknesses, you know, because you are tall. I think you are tall. <laughs> I am. <Okay. laughs> I don't consider myself too tall. Now, I don't necessarily want to think that 
God brought me that so that he will keep me in check and keep me in shape. I just think my mother is not tall. My mother <laughs> is not tall. It's simple. That's it. Right. You understand? That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's it. If I turned out being taller and tallest, I'll just bless God. But if you marry a tall man, chances that you will give birth to a tall child is high. Right. So you see, my emphasis in this discussion is that let's really evaluate what we call weaknesses. Because before you realize, it is what it is. And God might not even have so much hands in it. So we don't blame him many of these things. But rather understand that whether it came from him or it's just a genetic thing or it has happened because I partook in something and I've given a space in my life for those things to happen. Whatever it is, God's grace is sufficient. Two, God's power is made perfect if I could identify something called weakness. This has been a really insightful session and a powerful one at that end. I want to thank you so much for finding this time to speak this word, you know, not just to the people who are going to listen, but even to me personally. So God richly bless you. Thank you for your patience. uh, (laughs) I want to say patience. I know you understand. You're doing a great job. God bless you. Give it up. Thank you so much. God bless you too. Thank you for joining today. I hope you've received insight that adds positively to your life. You can engage me on social media at the Ajoa Benewa and join our discussion channel by searching the business of everyday on Telegram. Until the next episode, same time tomorrow, it's bye for now.